It's only a short track, but it's action packed. Here we go in St. Louis at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Contact at the back already as the leaders try to filter into turn one. Will Power's going to be on the point side by side a few rows back, but a little contact with the wall, I think, for me. Arena's BK. Teammates running together, McLaughlin and Newgarden, Dixon and Pillow. The bright yellow car is Devlin DeFrancesco. Here's Sato in the purple and white machine on the inside of Pato Award. Here's O'Ward in the orange and black machine on the inside of Dixon. Nice move into turn one. You'll be on the brake pedal a little bit there, down from about 190 miles an hour to mid-140s in turn one. Couple of Chevys going at it. Oh, now O'Ward has to chase his race car all the way up the track. Fast and furious with the hands in the cockpit and almost got in the wall for O'Ward as he gives up a spot to Newgard. Oh! oh trouble, we got a car in the wall. Jack Harvey in the high V Honda. He was arm wrestling his yellow, teammate. It's yellow. And this is the first portion of the race. 144 guys, laps to, in. Tried the high line to go around that and just run out of track. Here we go. Didn't look as clean as the last one, but Will Power tries to snake his way up the front straight to fight off Pato Award. He's oh gonna boy. Four wide. McLaughlin on the inside of Dixon and Kirkwood and Polo. And look at Pato Award around the outside for the lead. What a move. Here we go. Marcus Erickson defending from Joseph Newgarden. Two of the championship contenders. And Newgarden had just got around McLaughlin as well. And now he's going to try to roll it all the way around Devlin DeFrancesco, who's a lap down, but keep it up with these top guys. That is up. huge for Newgarden to get clear now. So it's just Rosenquist in front of Newgarden. Rosenquist is a lap down. If Newgarden can clear him, he's going to be on fresher tires with the leaders right in his sights. Uh, you're going to be looking at your windscreen pretty soon, saying, uh-oh, because Joseph Newgarden's not hanging around. He is going right by the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet Will Power. Man, he looks like he's in a different class. That's not even the pass for the lead. Newgarden to the front, and he should disappear here. McLaughlin around the oh. outside of Erickson. The guys who stopped most recently are on rails. And Newgarden is also going to hit the pit lane here. Red and white car is McLaughlin. He goes through turn one. He's going to have it. It's going to be close. He's going to have it. I think he's going to have the momentum down into three. Could this be it between the bus bros? Look at that. It could all come down to Joseph Newgarden getting held up by Christian Lundgaard on the D-cell lane coming into pit lane. Oh, oh. caution is out. Is that for moisture? Conditions. The rain oh. has finally arrived. Boy. We got a little rain, baby. This race that has just had two cautions, it now has a red. This could be a critical point of the season for one of the championship seven. Scott McLaughlin brings his field back to green. A nice jump from Scott McLaughlin early in the restart zone. Three wide behind. He's going to easily lead into turn one. Power around the outside. Look at Will Power in that black and red Verizon Chevy. David Malukas and Takuma Sato, the Dale Coin cars on fresh tires with a big move, but it's Newgarden to the front. Look at him, look at him, look at him, get power. Great run off of two. He's got about 20 laps, newer tires. He's going to go to the high side in three and four. Can he make it stick? That's a clean racetrack with max grip. Malukas there, but Will Power's fighting him back. He's not going to give it up to him. This is awesome. Wheel to wheel. A veteran and the rookie. And they got traffic ahead. Malukas hangs tough and executes the power. David Malukas is anything but gone. Here he comes. Plus one with a run. Pato left him a ton of clean air, and Malukas is taking advantage of that with a great run. Goes off into turn three, and now Malukas can put his head down and go after his first race win. Joseph Newgarden wins back-to-back years at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make that four for Newgarden here at this track in the PPG Chevy. Awesome performance. And that's his fifth win on the season. Actually, make it three in a row here. This man's on a mission, and he's within three of the championship lead. Watch the Grand Prix of Portland Sunday, September 4th at 3 p.m. on NBC.
And with that, what a race, what a race indeed. Uh, welcome, everyone. This is the 12th episode, if you can believe that or not, of the Push to Pass podcast. I am, as always, uh, Derek Vance. And as I uh, put out on social media earlier in the week, uh, we do have a special guest joining us uh, as well uh, as two other uh, special guests that will join us here in the next hour or so. Uh, but first, let me bring in the co-host of, of this episode. As you see his name scrolling down there at the bottom. Uh, Josh Roberts is uh, joining us uh, for uh, for one, uh, hopefully maybe many uh, episodes here on the Push to Pass podcast to come. Uh, Josh, first and foremost, let me say a huge thank you uh, for joining us. I know this has been a, a while in the making, uh, but we finally were able to uh, uh, make it happen with schedules uh, in such. Uh, for people that uh, don't know you or are unfamiliar with you and heaven forbid and shame that they are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, thank you for very much for letting me come on here and help you out <clears throat> with the uh, hosting details of this fine podcast that you have put together. Um, my name is Josh Roberts. I uh, I've lived in Indianapolis for 36 years, so uh, racing is uh, is a big thing that I grow that I grow up on. Um, grew up on the east, east side of Indianapolis. I went to the uh, Speedrome as a child, which was a uh, as a our local uh, short track over here where we run all kinds of different uh, stock cars, little, uh, little midgets, uh, late models. And uh, I will admit that I have not uh, as up on IndyCar as I have been, but I will say over the last two to three months, you have gotten me invigorated and I'm watching a lot more of, of IndyCar and getting more into it. Um, so I look forward to uh, giving my input. It may not be the best input, but I will tell you, I am going to give you my honest opinion on all the things of what I think about this upcoming sport and what I think it's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, my my main objective uh, for, for covering this in the short time that, that I have, and you know this, is to get new eyeballs on, on this sport because I think the sky's the limit uh, for uh, for IndyCar and uh, it, if we can get into it uh, later in the show, uh, the ratings have come out so far on uh, Peacock, NBC, and such for IndyCar. And I think people are definitely going to be uh, blown away if they have not uh, seen these uh, these ratings yet. But before we do that, let's get into, as um, we talked about here, uh, the race last weekend uh, in uh, St. Louis, well, outside St. Louis, Madison, Illinois. Uh, to be uh, exact, the Bomarito Automotive Group uh, 500 is, is what I'm referring to. And uh, uh, for people that didn't that didn't watch it or maybe uh, fell asleep, uh, Josh, because of the uh, the two hour and uh, I think nine minute, I do believe, uh, rain delay, uh, they missed I think one hell uh, of a show in that last thirty some laps or so. Um, if Josh, if Will Power is going to win. Um, the uh, 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Points Championship. Uh, he's going to have one hell of a battle on his hands with uh, Team Penske teammate uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, who drives, for people that don't know, the number two uh, PPG Chevrolet. On Saturday night, uh, he captured his fifth win of the season in a rain-delayed Bomarito Automotive Group 500 at the Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois, right on the outskirts of St. Louis, but that was just the start of the story. As I talked about, uh, fans endured a two-hour and nine-minute red flag uh, after a rain shower passed through the race, uh, setting up a 42-lap dash to the finish line uh, once the uh, track dryers did their job, and uh, patience was obviously rewarded uh, to the fans with a thrilling final few laps uh, that very well almost ended in a one-two combination for Dale Coyne Racing uh, rookie David Malukas in the number 18 HMD Motorsports Honda, almost, almost claiming his first career win. Uh, Newgarden had been P2 behind Penske teammate Scott McLaughlin in the number three Odyssey Battery Chevrolet at the restart but claimed the lead lead immediately after the green flag dropped with help off from a great run off of turn number two. 
At that point, Malukas was position five and reaping the benefits of an aggressive strategy from Dale Coyne Racing, from both Dale Coyne Racing cars, uh, that put those cars in the mix at the finish. And newer rubber uh, on those cars uh, around him by virtue of having made the right stop before the rain started to fall. He made short work of early race leader and current points leader, Will Power, who drives the number 12 Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet, to move to position four and immediately began reeling in Pato Award, eventually passing the Mexican in uh, four position three on lap 243. Uh, that left him 17 laps to do something about the two Penske cars ahead of him. And while he was able to close up on McLaughlin, he just wasn't quite able to make a move stick until the very last lap. When he went through the high line through turn two and scooted to position two and was right on New Garden's gearbox as they passed the checkered flag. Uh, Malukas there after the, uh, after the race, we ended up getting around a ward and got around a lap car. And then I saw cars in the front and they were two Penske's. I was like, Oh my God, it's two Penske's. He said, I might've been able to get Joseph if I had tried the higher line earlier, but that was a win for me, a win for the team. McLaughlin, who controlled the middle part of the race and would have taken his first oval win if the weather hadn't it cleared, was the first to praise Malukas's move. Quote, that's racing, he said. Dave's move on the last lap, credit to him. He's a phenomenal young kid, and he's going to go far. He was coming, and I was a little loose, so I, so I got a bad run off of turns three and four. So I took the inside lane. He took the outside, and there was still grip there. Hell of a move. Good points for us. For New Garden, the, the evening represented a fifth win of the season, beating his previous record of four and the prospect of going into Portland just three points behind power in the championship hunt. Quote, Scott drove a super fair, drove me super fair at the end there, and we had a good fight, New Garden said. It's a big night for us at Team Penske. We had just we just had a good restart. I knew Scott was going to be good, and he had a good car. So I just tried to work the high line. Got to give him credit. He could have easily won tonight. So could have other few people. Going into the race, everyone knew the rain was coming. But opinions and, in turn, strategies were divided on exactly when. When the first drops of rain brought out a red flag on lap 218 of 260, it was New Garden and McLaughlin's team who had judged it best. The pair took advantage of the first caution of the evening to pit under yellow on lap 148. However, power stayed out. Quote, I thought the yellow would help us, but the, but the team didn't tell me the number we had to hit if we didn't pit, power said. If I had known that number, I would have definitely pitted. The cost of staying out was plain to see. New tires and full rich beet fuels saving every time. Power lost the lead to a thrilling move from Pato Award at the restart, but the real threat was a few spots back where New Garden uh, slithered through to position from position four, rather, as he was playing a video game in cheat mode and set a build building a gap that blew to six seconds after 10 laps. McLaughlin pulled a similar act. The pair quickly dropped to the, the rest of the pack. Newgarden still had a six-second lead over McLaughlin at this point and 12 seconds back to award. But McLaughlin steadily reeled him in over the rest of that stint. That payoff when the time for the next stop rolled around and Newgarden dived into the pits to find uh, Ray, Hall Leonard, Len, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan rookie Christian Lungard already there. It's impossible to know how much the Dane might have delayed him, but New Garden's in-lap was one second faster, and they rejoined. He had taken a lead that held until New Garden got him after the rain delay. So, a uh, reminder uh, that uh, the next up on the IndyCar Series, they are off this weekend, uh, but they go right back at it next weekend when they head to the Portland International Raceway on September 4th at 3 p.m., and you can catch that on NBC.
Uh, before we get to more into this and hear uh, Josh's uh, breakdown and, and analysis uh, of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, uh, let's hear from a, a few drivers uh, that we were able to uh, catch up to uh, after the race on Saturday. Okay, so uh, St. Louis um, gateways always bring us excitement, and uh, here it is again, and it was a super exciting race uh, for fans. Um, we had a very uh, good car today, and um, uh, I think the first part of the race, uh, we were we were pretty good shape, and then uh, I strongly suggested to go to undercut, and, uh, and that's uh, obviously Liskey, because the one since the yellow comes in the lap down, but... The race was very, very uh, consistent at that point. So uh, uh, we did it under cut, and then uh, we succeeded, and we are leading the race and comfortably, and everything looked good. Uh, and then the yellow caution came, and uh, we were talking about coming in or not. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we had a radius from the issue. I think we were talking together, and we just missed a pit entry, which was crucial because we were at that time in front of Joseph who won this race today and then um, because we had to wait another lap to come in which we, which we basically dropped back at 16 or 6 race or something so uh, that was it uh, and then after that um, I tried the, uh, the best on the night race and then uh, the, the balance wasn't there so uh, it was struggled uh, with that but nevertheless I think uh, this race is uh, great and then uh, Congrats on David on the, uh, the first podium, and uh, it seems just a fantastic result for the uh, for the DCL. Wow, let me tell you. Um, wow, let me tell you. Um, after the break, we came back, and unfortunately, we have an issue with the downshift, the gear pod, which means controls the downshift. So for the first five, six laps, the car, that the gears were not working at all. My dash was completely frozen, and everything was start going crazy. So. Imagine a restart when everybody's angry, ready to go, and you don't have the downshift. That was a very scary moment. Finally, we were able to uh, get some rhythm, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything after that. So, honestly, luckily that we finished. Uh, great job, uh, you know, top 15. Again, we we keep chipping away. Good learning curve. Next year when we come back, we're gonna do much better. I'm happy. So. P17 to finish off our day here. Um, started P20, ended P17, so we gained some positions and um, overall had had an okay race. Um, we would have, of course, liked to be further up on the field, but uh, we made we made a, a couple calls that probably didn't play in our favor, and ultimately we gained positions. So um, could have had the pace, especially in the middle of the race when it was, when it was light out, to do something a lot better with our car. But once it got dark. Those were conditions that we never drove in before, and um, we were we were more off the pace than we had been the entire day. So uh, that was unfortunate that we couldn't capitalize on having new tires and maybe passing some cars and getting ahead of some of the people that we needed to. But um, nonetheless, we finished 17th, and we'll go into Portland with a clean car and a clean uh, clean mindset. All right, we started 24th, finished P18. So happy that we were able to make some make some spots up during the race. That's always always the goal when you're when you don't have a good qualifying. Um, you know, the, uh, the situation was looking really good for us before the rain came out. We didn't have we wouldn't have had to have pit before the end. There were probably four or five cars that might have jumped uh, if it had gone green to the finish. So Mother Nature doesn't always play uh, in your favor, but we got the race back underway for the fans and the lights tonight at Gateway, which is what matters. And uh, Came up with an 18th place finish, so I'm happy that, that we moved up and would have liked to have been a little further up the grid when it all said and done. Ah, uh, really fast. Ah, uh, really fast count today. Terrible night. Um, we got a flat tire on the last restart. Uh, we had a chance, I think, to finish uh, in the 11th, 12th position maybe. But um, yeah, just unfortunate we didn't qualify better. Um, it's just the worst luck I've ever had in one season. Uh, just non-stop bad luck. I, honestly, I don't know what else to say. It's just been bad luck. So uh, I'm just very frustrated for the whole team that's doing such a great job, having such a great time, and none of the potential is being shown. So uh, I can't wait for the luck to turn, and uh, very grateful to be with this team and, and, and doing such a great job together. I uh, can't wait for it to show. 
Uh, Josh, getting back uh, to uh, to analysis and and breakdown here a little bit. Uh, curious to hear from from your perspective, uh, watching uh, the race uh, that you did on on Saturday night into Sunday. Obviously, uh, what were some of your uh, your takeaways after watching this? Let me tell you one of the first things I want IndyCar to do: more night races. That. Even though it wasn't going to be a night race to begin with, it turned into one heck of a look, heck of a good, nice race. The aesthetics were great. Um, back to the racing, um, you know, New, Gar- New Garden has this track. This is New Garden's track. This is, I mean, the, Babe Ruth built. Uh, Babe Ruth built the old Yankee Stadium. This could be the track that Joseph New Garden built. He's got four wins here. Four wins in his illustrious career. How, how, how can you go against him? I mean, sure, Malukas was on he, – he was on his way. And I think you were telling me the other day that uh, you felt that if there was only two more, two or three more laps, uh, uh, Malukas would have had him. But you know what? On this night, it was all Newgarden. I just – he blew me away at his driving on the highlight we watched where he just blew by. He was in second place, and he just blew by the guy that was in first. That's how fast he was. It didn't matter if it rained. It didn't matter if we had Forrest Gump-like winds and rain. Nothing was going to stop Newgarden from losing, from winning that race. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It looks it looks like um, the weather when it changed after the rain. Uh, it definitely um, you know changed to to Newgarden's favor. Uh, you know he's been one of the dominant cars uh, all year. Uh, just a few points. Um, out from uh, from P1 there in the, in the uh, points championship, and we'll get to that here uh, momentarily. But I think you're absolutely right. It didn't matter what adjustments uh, David Malukas would have made or any other car uh, in, in that field. Uh, it was obviously Joseph Newgarden's night. Um, you know, outside of uh, of what happened at the Indianapolis 500 earlier this year, uh, it, it's been uh, Joseph Newgarden and and Team Penske's. A year for sure. They continue to roll on uh, with just a few races to go. You know, you have uh, Will Power at number one in points. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, I believe, looking at the standings, at uh, number two in points. So uh, definitely going to be an interesting last two. Don't races, forget about especially. Scott Dixon. Scott yep, Dixon's yeah, you can't, in there right can't there. forget about yeah, can't the forget about Wiley the goat. Veteran. Yep, can't forget about uh, forget about the goat. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Team Penske handles this. Uh, with just uh, two more races to go. Uh, Taking a look at the uh, results uh, from Saturday night's race up on your screen, Uh, as we said, uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, David Malukas, Scott Scott McLaughlin, uh, Pato Award, Takuma Sato, Will Power, Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, Graham Rahal. What a run for uh, Rahal, Letterman, Lanigan there. Uh, uh, Colton Herta, Delvin, uh, Delvin DeFrancesca, Roman Grosjean, uh, your guy, Jimmy Johnson, comes home 14th. Uh, Elio Castroneves, who we heard from earlier. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, Dalton Kellett, Christian Lungard, uh, Simon Pagano, Callum Eilat, Ed Carpenter, Ed Carpenter Racing right out of uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Connor Daly right behind him. Uh, Jack Harvey, uh, Alexander Rossi, and Renus VK round out your 26 drivers uh, that were entered in Saturday night's race. Moving uh, to uh, to the points, and you talk about a, a a points championship standings getting tighter and tighter as we get down to the nitty gritty, as they say. Uh, Will Power holds a slim, I say slim points lead by three points over uh, his teammate, Joseph Newgarden. And then, as you said, uh, Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, Alex Pillow, Scott McLaughlin, Pato Award, Felix Rosenquist, Alexander Rossi, and Colton Herta round out the top 10. Then it's Renus VK, Graham Rahal, Simon Pagano, Roman Grosjean, Christian Lungard, David Malukas, Connor Daly, Elio Castroneves, Takuma Sato, and your guy, Jimmy Johnson, round out the top 20. Then it's Callum Eilat, Jack Harvey, Delvin DeFrancesca, Kyle Kirkwood, Dalton Kellett, and uh, Tony Kanan, Ed Carpenter, Santino Ferrucci, Tatiana Calderon, and J.R. Hildebrand round out the top 
30. So definitely going to be interesting, uh, uh, Josh, as we get down to, uh, as I said, the nitty gritty. We got about uh, two races left, uh, Portland and then uh, Laguna Seca uh, to uh, to end the year. Uh, you know, do you want to give everyone who who you think is going to uh, pull this out uh, with uh, with two races to go? Um, you know, looking at the standings, I think it's going to be New Garden. I think New Garden is uh oh. I think he may have uh, he may He's have got five wins separate him go. and Will Power. There we him, go. Him, uh, you- you were, you were a little frozen for a minute. Oh, sorry about <laughs> that. Um, I think I think no New Garden's gonna I think New Garden's gonna overtake Will Power this coming uh, this coming race d- <clears throat> over in Portland, and then I think I'm gonna make the prediction he's gonna win Laguna Sanka so that he he doesn't have to share the podium with anybody else. He's gonna take it all, Joseph New Garden. Yeah, it, I think it's gonna be, I think it's safe to say unless there is some type of monumental. Uh, collapse in these last two races, uh, Josh. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, there's going to be a, it's going to be a Pinsky car uh, that is going to be on top in uh, when this is all said and done. Uh, you know, Pinsky between their three drivers, obviously, uh, Will Power, uh, Joseph Newgarden, and, and don't forget Scott McLaughlin. They have had one one hell of a year. Uh, if you think back uh, real quick, uh, uh, last year Pinsky only ha- only had three wins as a team between those three drivers last year. And now they've won, you know, the majority of the races uh, this year. So what a turnaround uh, by them. Um, you know, you're, I, I think your, your pick is, is, could be spot on. Absolutely. But I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go new garden as well. Um, just because I think he has all the momentum uh, in these last two races. I know they're road course races, um, but um I'm going to go Joseph Newgarden there, uh, there as well. Just all the momentum he has. And, and one of the storylines, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the captain and not Derek Jeter, but uh, Roger Pinsky handles uh, these next two races, having his drivers, you know, one and two in the, uh, in, in the standings with just two races to go. Yeah. Um, that is, that's going to be a, it's going to be a big, uh, big toll for uh, Mr. Penske, but I think he. I think he's rooting for. I think he's rooting for anyone. Anyone that's in a Penske car to win. You know, I think when you were talking about last year and the struggles that Penske had, I think he went into the. He went into the uh, to his to his board meetings with all all of his uh, crew chiefs crew chiefs from his uh, from all the thing all the race teams he has, and he said, "Look, guys, this was an embarrassing year. We got to do better." And I think those crew chiefs took took it to heart. All the engineers, all the uh, technology people in Penske and Penske Auto Racing, they've stepped up, and it's going to be a fantastic year for them. Yeah, it uh, it absolutely uh, has, uh, obviously, and we're hoping uh, that uh, you know that our guest still uh, uh, remembers on here looking at the uh, looking at the clock. But I think something else I want to go back to uh, while we wait. Uh, you mentioned uh, right out of the onset when you were talking about the race on Saturday that IndyCar needs more night races, and I, I, I've, I know we've talked to offline uh, about this, but I, I think the, and from what I'm hearing, I, I think the the drum is becoming louder and louder, not only for night races because I, I think the livery of IndyCars under the lights I think is absolutely amazing. Um, but not only more night races, uh, but there's more ovals. Uh, oh, there, yeah. has been, there has been talk between the drivers and media and such that these drivers absolutely love driving uh, this this Indy car on ovals. You know, we've seen it in the doubleheader at Iowa. How much fun, particularly Jimmy Johnson had, especially on the uh, the second race of the doubleheader, where you know he was a top, I think a top five, I believe. Um, you know, and then you see what uh, what took place there over the weekend in um, worldwide technology raceway on that oval as well. So not only is the talk uh, in the paddock um, more night races, which I think, you know, I, I think IndyCar could absolutely market, but more races on ovals as well. Cause these drivers are absolutely loving driving on ovals. And, and I can't imagine the other drivers uh, that you could pull in uh, from, from NASCAR. 
from Formula One, from Formula E, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with, uh, with more ovals and, and especially more night racing as well. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, my fondest memory of an IndyCar race has got to be when I, uh, my 21st birthday weekend, went up to Michigan on the very last race that IndyCar was ever at Michigan. I don't understand why they don't go back to Michigan. It's a fantastic track. It's a fantastic uh, atmosphere. There's campgrounds. There's all kinds of stuff around there. Why not make it happen? There's Kentucky. Kentucky is a fantastic track. From the grandstands, you can see everything. You can see the entire track. Same with Michigan. <clears throat> I just don't understand. I I think I, I think they're wanting to to model themselves more after Formula One by going with all these all these road courses, but. I'm going to be honest. I don't find road courses to be that, ex that exciting. I don't like when NASCAR does it. I don't like when, uh, I don't like when IndyCar does it. I mean, there's, there are, there are some, some, some exceptions, Nashville, a couple weeks, weekends ago, that was an exciting one. But to me, it's not as, it's not as, it's not as fun as seeing someone going 200, 200 miles an hour and passing somebody that's also going maybe 190, whereas you're only going like 90 miles an hour going through a turn. And it's just not as exciting to me. I love oval racing. I am a big oval racing fan and I want them to go to back to more of them. I, I think the issue I think IndyCar is running into, and I, and I think there's two, um, one is getting sponsorship uh, for these, these oval races. Um, you know, kudos, and, and I talked about this right after the the Iowa doubleheader weekend. But for people that pay attention to to Hyvee, and, and if you're not in the IndyCar circle, uh, Hyvee is a Midwest grocery store chain that's actually moving to uh, Indiana, and I'm absolutely excited about that. But Hyvee, the way they sponsored and the way they branded the Iowa doubleheader weekend was absolutely phenomenal. Anybody that wants to promote a race um i think hyvee laid the blueprint as to how to promote um a indy car race i think they did a tremendous job uh this weekend as well uh the bomberita uh, automotive group uh, did a tremendous job as well with their branding of the uh, the race here at uh, worldwide technology raceway so i think that's one thing if they want to get to more ovals there has to be more sponsors uh, step up. And I think uh, IndyCar is expanding its brand. I think there are more sponsors uh, stepping in to uh, to IndyCar than what they've had in the past. Uh, obviously, that is a market that, you know, is is untapped at some aspects when it comes to IndyCar. But if you want more ovals, it has to be, you know, you got to have sponsors, obviously. That's what makes that, you know, what that's what promotes these events. That's what puts them on. But also, too, you have to have you have to have people showing up and to get to, you know, road courses for a minute. That's why NASCAR moved to from the oval out at uh, IMS to the road course, because the, the Brickyard 400 at the time of its inception, I think it was what, early 90s, 94 uh, from from 94 on kind of lost its luster year after year and people weren't showing up. So why is, well, you know, how's it benefit IMS to open up the two and a half mile oval? If you're only filling it half, maybe a quarter, it, I don't think it's worth it. So that's why they opened up the road course there for NASCAR. I, I, I want to see NASCAR go back uh, to the oval, but if for, for order in order for them to go back to the oval, they have to have the people have to show up and uh, Doug Bowles, uh, Roger Pinsky have uh, made that uh, abundantly clear to open the oval back up to NASCAR. You have to have people show up. The problem with uh, NASCAR and that and uh, IMS, it's not built for, it's not built for NASCAR. It's not built for a stock car. It is built for an open wheeled racing there. The problem they had was a, the tires were starting to be get eaten up so bad on that track and B there was no passing. If you don't have passing, you don't have a race. If it's just follow the leader all around the track for however, however many laps it's going to be, no one's going to watch it. No one's going to go. Yeah. Everyone showed up early because early, early on in its except in its exception inception due to the fact that it was a novelty. It was, Hey, I get to go race at a track where 
AJ Foyt won, uh, Al Unser Jr., Al Unser Sr., all these fantastic legends got to go race. And it was always this folklore about around the track. And it's it's a fantastic track. But it's not meant for it's not meant for NASCAR. Now back to your back to your uh, back to your point about getting more sponsorship. What do you think? Who do you think it, uh, I, that uh, that they are? What driver are they marketing the best? I to to me, I I watch TV all the time. I don't ever see IndyCar unless it's on unless it's on in on an NBC channel. They have to go out and they have to market their drivers better. If you walked up to somebody today and said, "Hey, who's the, who's the who's who's currently winning the uh, the points race for for NASCAR?" I bet you could find probably ten out of twenty people that could tell you who it was. Nobody, I guarantee, nobody could tell you who's who's leading who's leading IndyCar right now. Yeah, that, that's something else I think. You know, IndyCar has to has to work on, and, and I'm sure they will. But also, too, not only. IndyCar as a whole has to work on that, but I think each PR team uh, needs to work with that. Maybe that's something where they they need to work uh, hand in hand with uh, with IndyCar uh, too. But I, I will say that you know they are getting better. You know, you look at the deal that they have with being on NBC. You know, now not only are they on uh, NBC now, but they're on uh, Peacock as well, and then they're also on the USA Network. So they are expanding. I, I will give them credit with that. Um, but they, you know all aspects the pr for each team uh, does need to um uh, to get better in, in branding and getting their drivers out and then also i, I think indycar needs to uh, uh to do that as well and, and i think we're going to see that as as things change and things evolve um indycar is definitely going to get their brand out i mean hell you're, you're on nbc now you're on nbc and, and peacock so you know you're going to get you know you're going to get eyeballs uh, let me on ask you a question though after that rain delay what what channel did did the uh, what channel did the did the race end up on? I believe it stayed on, to my knowledge, unless um, unless something other di- different happened. I believe it stayed on. It did it stay on NBC or did they move it? I believe they moved it to uh, to one of their affiliates. I believe they moved it to CNBC. I thought that I thought that was Nashville. I didn't think I thought that was Nashville. Now may, maybe I'm getting my races mixed up, but. It, just to just to show that Nashville got bumped to CNBC, one of your one of your most high high profile races got bumped to CNBC. I think NBC should stick with stick with it no matter what it is. If that was Notre Dame football and they were in a nine hour rain delay, they would have stuck with it. Yeah, I I I I, I was a strong uh, uh, proponent, and and I told you that of them moving that to MS uh, to uh, CNBC, you know, you're, how are you going to, how do you expect to, uh, you know, promote your brand when you're going to a, a CNBC? I, I was, I was quite critical uh, of that, but speaking uh, of ratings, um, this was actually put out uh, two days ago um, by NBC uh, PR on Twitter at NBC or NBC sports PR, excuse me on Twitter at NBC sports PR. Uh, and, and this is talking. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a term that I, I don't know if people are familiar with. It's called uh, uh, THAD, and it stands for the Total Audience Delivery. Saturday night's weather impacted race at Worldwide Technology Raceway delivered a a THAD of 586 thousand viewers on USA Network. So it went to the USA Network. Wow. Okay. Up. That was up 31 percent versus last year's worldwide technology raceway race on NBC sports network and ranks as NBC sports most watch uh, worldwide technology raceway on record. So last week's uh, weather infected race. And I know you mentioned this offline uh, brought in uh, av- uh, viewers of 586,000 on the USA network. That is up 31% of viewership from last year's race. So obviously IndyCar is taking a step in the right direction there. Now the 2022 IndyCar season is the most watched through 14 races since 
2008. So uh, combined, they have had between ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2, 1.802 million viewers. So, you know, so so obviously IndyCar is taking a step in uh, in the right direction, obviously, to say the least. Hey, you know what? I was critical of them. And now that I know that data, I got to give I got to give Roger Penske and the rest of the guys over there, guys and gals over there at IndyCar, a pat on the back. They are bringing it up. Um, I would like to see a little bit more advertising, a little bit more putting uh, putting your drivers out there for more. just more anything, you know, interviews, interviews uh, outside of the 500 week the uh, month. It seems like I see it. I, I see them all the time in the 500 week, but then they go away and I don't see anything after, out after that. They have to hammer. Yeah, the 500 is your crown jewel, but you also have to you also have to get out there and advertise about your. Hey, I'm com- Hey, today, tonight we're going we're going to be in we're going to be in Nashville next week. I mean, if I if if you hadn't told me they were going to be in Portland, I wouldn't have known they were in Portland. Yeah, and the, our our next guest, Josh, that we're going to bring in, I know someone that you're familiar with, um, watching uh, watching the show, and this is somebody else that has been uh, uh, critical uh, when it comes to getting eyeballs on IndyCar. Uh, but I think the one thing that that IndyCar has done, obviously, with viewership, um, has to do on on the betting side of things. If you remember back in May, that's when Caesars announced their partnership uh, with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and, and we're kind of hoping uh, going forward that that brings more eyes on to uh, the sport. Uh, but Mike from Burnout Sports and uh, burnout uh, bets is joining us uh, Mike first and foremost I know you you've never met Josh but he has uh, followed you on uh, on this show so uh, welcome uh, uh, Mike and and Josh um, but uh, Mike sounds like you did a uh, had a pretty good weekend last weekend yeah last weekend was great man uh, probably next to the 500 in Iowa I think it was the third or second or third most profitable week for me personally and I know uh, a lot of the, our followers out there um, uh, made a bunch of money on on some of the Graham Ray Hall matchups that uh, seemingly everybody was on. Uh, so yeah, last weekend was a great week. It worked out just kind of like I wanted. We talked about on the on this show. We talked about um, you know my plan was to take uh, power and award at higher numbers, um, and then look to grab some New Garden and hope New Garden hope New Garden didn't qualify well. Um, he qualified well enough, but his number went up. So. Uh, I had exposure to, to New Garden for the win, um, and I had uh, power and award. And McLaughlin was another big bet. Um, his top three number was five to one, so that's that worked out well. So I uh, had him top three, had the winner in Joseph. Um, would have been a huge – probably would have been the most profitable week if power would have, would have finished third because uh, had his top three as well early. But, uh, but yeah, uh, got a winner, got a top three, and then, you know, where you make your most money is those matchups. You know, that's where the sports books have the – uh, have the you know the worst odds uh, against you you know you're or you're at the biggest advantages of better so uh, it was great we we had some insight on Graham Rahal from from our boy Tony uh, Tony D at Burnout Burnout Sports and Burnout Bets and he uh, you know, he talked to Graham said he had a had a hot car Graham showed up in practice had the number one uh, number one car in that final practice and then uh, the sportsbook put out some crazy crazy head to head matchups we had Graham versus Jimmy Johnson that was like the easiest bet of the century. Um, so, uh, that was good. And, and, uh, other matchups went for us. So yeah, great, great week. Yeah. I think this is the aspect of the show. I think, I think Josh is the most well-versed uh, in when it comes to, uh, to betting and gambling, but, uh, uh, Mike, were you sweating it out a little bit there uh, Saturday night before the, uh, before the rain came in? Uh, because after that, uh, you know, that two, that two hour rain delay, uh, it just seemed like, uh, Joseph Newgarden's car was on a totally different level than everyone else well it's funny so this is this is why indy carney you got i heard you guys just talking this is why indy carney needs to promote betting more just like every other sport like it made it made that that race was for one so i had a huge sweat going i i didn't have mclaughlin to win i had him top three so i didn't i needed them to restart so i'm sitting there like stop you know rain stop right i'm looking at the radar i'm, I'm following any car weatherman I'm like, hey, I need this thing to flip-flop. I need Newgarden out there to win this race. I still want McLaughlin top three, but I need them to flip-flop. 
Um, so that was, you know, so I'm playing, praying for them to drive this track. I'm sitting there watching. I probably, uh, you know, luckily there was no live betting because I was sitting there just drinking beer uh, probably, you know, for two hours. But uh, um, and then uh, and then once the race started back up, it was a great betting sweat because I'm sitting there, you know, I'm watching Malukas. So I'm like, all right, fine. You can you can bet. You can take Scott. No big deal. Scott can finish third. I got top three. I take that bet. But I mean, two more laps, he catches Newgarden and I'm probably throwing those empty beer bottles at the TV because because I don't know. I didn't have anything on Malukas. I didn't see that coming. Um, so it was a great betting sweat. It had my attention for two hours. Um, and, you know, I think the gambling aspect brings a lot more eyes. I think they need to promote it more. Um, and put more eyes around it. You know, I'm happy to see what Caesars did with IMS, but IMS is not any car. There's a, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, so, you know, hopefully we see we see more of that in the coming years, and they do what you know they do what some of the other sports uh, are doing out there. Something else, Mike. I know you were talking about going into this weekend was the the manufacturer, and I noticed uh, there was a certain podcast per se that was putting out wow. Look at the front row. It's all Chevrolet. Uh, seems like you hit the nail on the head there too. Yeah, but I didn't bet that. Uh, I always, I, you know, I, I I wanted to bet that. Um, you know, maybe somebody listens to me on Twitter. I doubt it, but you know, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm the been the only guy talking about IndyCar betting forever and ever. But um, I was hoping to bet Chevy. I wanted something. You know, I tell I tell you sometimes it's not about you know it's about the number. Uh, sports betting, you don't bet teams, you know, you don't bet drivers, you bet numbers sometimes um, if you want to, you know, make some money. And uh, the number came out at minus 200, uh, which is just too much for me to swallow on a, on a bet in any car. Um, you know, it, uh, it actually, it did trickle down after qualifying. Um, I almost bit at around the one minus 160 mark, minus 170 mark, but I was hoping the sports could make a mistake because usually um, you know, they don't pay attention to IndyCar as much. They don't do a ton of volume with IndyCar, I'm sure. Um, so sometimes they put out those manufacturers minus 110, minus 120, either way. And if that's the case, uh, you know, I was just looking to pound Chevy because I knew, uh, you know, by paying attention then and following stuff, I knew that Chevy was, was going to be strong at, at, uh, at that track. And they uh, obviously, you know, obviously were uh, up front the majority of the night. You had, you know, uh, both uh, Penske cars, all three of them at times. And then, uh, you know, Pato Award, the lone uh, Errol McLaren uh, Chevrolet as well. I, I want to bring Josh in because, like I said, this is his wheelhouse. This is where he is most knowledgeable when it comes to uh, gambling and things of that nature. I know he's been uh, chomping at the bit the last couple of weeks that you've been on to, uh, to ask you uh, some questions. So uh, Josh, what do you have in the world of uh, IndyCar betting uh, for, uh, for Mike? Uh, Mike, I'm going to admit I have never bet on a, on, on anything other than a horse race. Um, my question to you is, do they, in IndyCar betting, do they have like a, uh, like a trifecta where you can, if you can, predict all three all three uh three who's gonna finish one two three and you win more money than that do they have parlays i'm not exactly sure how indycar betting works uh yeah so uh, you know so well unfortunately we don't you know we don't get anywhere near um the same sort of menu of bets that you see in f1 or nascar um you know uh, caesars has done some dual forecasting so uh you can you know uh like so would that be a would that be a superfecta? I'm not. See, I'm a I'm a I'm a rookie horse better. I've, I've have dabbled a little bit, but yeah, they do offer like so you can get uh you know sometimes there are trifectas out there. Um, so it's almost like a parlay sort of um you know, but yeah, you can predict one two three one two three in any order one two in any order. So Caesars has been offering some of that stuff up. Uh, I will tell you the numbers that they offer with it um are not not great um you know they're they're not nowhere near the true odds you know uh you know i'll, I'll tell most people that ask me like parlays sometimes are for fun um i would never recommend parlaying more than two things together um and for the most part you know parlays are where the sports books you know build build big hotels and, and make a ton of profit so i stay away from those maybe maybe a matchup here and there something like that in any car but you know you're pretty much focused on your one winner, your top three, your top five, and then the way you can wait—you know—the way you really can make your most money is in head-to-head. That's just driver versus driver. What are some of the odds? Like, what are the odds? What are they? Like, I mean, do, do you get a, do you get big uh, big odds like uh, five plus five hundred or uh, or something like that? Can can you get up to, into that? Like the long shots. 
Yeah, so uh, it, it depends on the track, depends on the race. IndyCar, you can get long odds. Uh, I hit a 40 to 1 last year with Colton Herta. Uh, that was that was probably one of the bigger IndyCar bets I can think of. Um, and that was something I was just pounding Herta all year long. The books kept him at 40. Uh, I've had had multiple Jack Harvey bets at 80 and 100 to 1 um, when he was qualifying out of his mind last year. Um, never cashed any of those, but they, they did set me up to make money in other bets. So, you know, you do get your occasional 20, 28 to 1, 25 to 1, you know, double digit winners in IndyCar. Um, a lot of it's about qualifying. Um, and then after qualifying, you see the numbers dip. So you get pre-qualifying odds. Um, and the idea behind those is we're trying to find uh, guys at big numbers that are going to qualify high and have their numbers drop. So last week, power opened up at 8 to 1. I bet that uh, before qualifying, he qualified on the pole. His number dropped all the way down to about 2 to 1. Um, so I'm sitting there with an eight to one ticket, which allowed me to go ahead and grab Joseph. So I had more, more options out there, but yeah, you can hit some long shots. It does happen. Uh, you know, not frequently. Um, the sports books are pretty, pretty stingy on some of the, the better drivers and the drivers you see winning, but IndyCar has got a lot of parity, so, uh, they can't price everybody that low. Okay. Just trying to get a grasp of it. Um, I'm probably gonna make my bet, my first real bet on that, on IndyCar this coming, uh, this coming race at Portland, uh, just trying to get a grasp of what, what exactly I'll be looking at. I mean, when I first started sports betting, it was mainly just basketball, uh, basketball and that basketball and football. And, you know, when, when you start, when you just far, first start looking at it, you're like, okay, there, there's a money line, there's this, there's that. And I don't want to go into, I don't want to go into my first one and, and bet on someone that I shouldn't bet on or something like that. So I appreciate your, uh, your help and what, what your, uh, and your knowledge. Yeah, I would look for, you know, uh, you know, I would, it depends on how much you're willing to spend and if you're going to make more than one bet. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're only going to make one bet, I would tell you to pick a head to head matchup. Um, if your book offers one and, you know, pick a driver you like, uh, and, and pick a driver you think could beat the other guy. Um, you know, you can, you can, this weekend, you'll probably, uh, Portland, um, was, dominated by you know Pelot Dixon maybe get a Dixon versus versus a Penske car matchup um you know and and I'll tell you like you won't see those until the day of the race uh maybe a couple hours leading up to the race uh the sports books just don't post those ahead of time um very rarely will you see that they'll wait for the qualifying um you know you can make a pre-qualifying bet if there's a driver you like at a big number um and and kind of make a I make a smaller bet there and see how it works out because if you qualifies at the back uh, for Portland specifically, um, you know, it's not a track where we have a ton of history, but we know like not really, a, not really a few mileage race where guys can kind of use strategy to get up front. I mean, the guys that started one, two, three last year finished one, two, three last year. Okay, thank you, uh, Mike. I know we're we're obviously uh, off uh, this weekend, uh, but uh, we get right back at it next weekend. Like I said, at Portland, and then uh, finishing up at uh, at Laguna Seca. Um, you know, we'll talk next week uh, about, uh, obviously, uh, previewing, uh, Portland, but, uh, what are some of the things people need to look for as they do their, um, you know, their, their homework, uh, this week getting prepared, uh, to, uh, put their bets down or if they play the, on the fantasy side of things, uh, as well, what are some of the things people need to, uh, look forward or look forward to this week? Yeah. I mean, look, you can go on IndyCar.com. You can pull the results from last year's race. Uh, you can look at the qualifying, you can look at the practice results, and you can look at the the race results, and you can see you know how they finished. Um, not a ton of history in the new car, the current car uh, at Portland, so I wouldn't go back any further than that. Uh, you know, probably not worthwhile. Then also, you know, remember people have changed. I know Harvey did really well last year at Portland, but he's in a different team, different car. So you gotta you gotta remember that. And I think it's gonna be important uh, this year to pay attention to. Um, pay attention to what Penske's up to, right? So Penske is testing there this week. I want to hear what they say. Uh, it's, you know, they got the two guys that are now the favorites for the championship battle. New, uh, Joseph's your your favorite, you know, just, just under two to one uh, to win the title at this point. Probably the value there is gone. I would tell you just to bet him, you know, top three or winner because um, he's going to need that to continue to win the title. You'll, make, you'll get better odds, but um look and see you know pay attention to the news pay attention to what penske says out of the testing and this is probably a race where i'm going to wait till after quals uh, or at least take a look at practice before i maybe make any bets unless i see some kind of you know 10 to 1 or plus number 
uh, on one of these drivers. Um, you know, one of these drivers, I think, can, you know, win the race from from back there, maybe one of the Ganassi guys. So look at last year's race, pay attention to, you know, the Twitter feeds and kind of, you know, what's in the IndyCar bubble that the sports books aren't reading in those details. And maybe you can find a little bit of an edge. We'll see. We'll see what we can find when they, when they release the numbers. Yeah, they'll do that uh, about a week or so from now. And I know Mike and everyone over at uh, Burnout Sports and Burnout Bets will definitely uh, be uh, be on the lookout uh, for those and give us a uh, breakdown and what to look forward to uh, next weekend in Portland. But Mike, as always, it's been uh, an amazing season. Uh, we got uh, two races left. Uh, to uh, decide who's going to be the 2022 uh, NTT IndyCar Series champion. Uh, can't wait to see how that plays out. Uh, as we talked about earlier before you got on, uh, it's going to be interesting to see the strategy Pinsky goes with, the captain, uh, because having uh, one and two, uh, going to be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. But, Mike, again, as always, a uh, huge thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, we look forward to uh, what you uh, have for us uh, next week at uh, at Portland. All right, man. Thanks for having me. And we'll, uh, we'll see if we can make some money for everybody next week. Keep it going. Thank Thanks, Mike. Yeah, man. No problem. Good luck on that bet. Thank you. We'll get you. We'll find you a good one. Keep, keep an eye on the Twitter feed. Keep an eye on uh, the at burnout bets. We tag everything through there and uh, we'll find you. We'll find you a good bet, either uh, pre-qualifying or post-qualifying and uh, we'll make you some money. I know, I know we've made Derek a little bit here and there, so we'll we'll pay we'll pay for some Peacock subscriptions and uh, and, and cover cover the gambling budget. Okay, thanks, Mike. I'll look forward right, to it. Yeah, as Mike said, uh, check out uh, you know him on on Twitter. Um, as you see his uh, uh, Twitter account there down at the bottom, and then also uh, go check out uh, Burnout Sports and Burnout Bets as well. And then also to uh, Mike and, and Tony and the gang over there at Burnout Sports and Burnout Bets, uh, they'll do a Twitter spaces either on Friday night or Saturday night uh, to get everyone on the same page as the race rolls around on Sunday. All right, we're in the last lap of this uh, this episode here. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to uh, to Josh for joining us. Um, he may be a mainstay on here. Uh, we'll just have to work out some things in his contract, uh, as we've learned this year. What's a contract? Um, but uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, we'll see. He may be a mainstay. We'll see uh, how things work out. Uh, also, huge thank you to uh, Mike as always. And our guest was supposed to be uh, Matt Branham. Uh, over there at uh, Andretti Autosports, Indy Lights, tearing it up. I'll uh, have to see what uh, what happened there. Hopefully, we can get him back here uh, for the next uh, two weeks. Have to uh, uh, you know uh, send some emails out, and we'll have to see what uh, what happened. Don't send maybe too many Matt, emails out. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but uh, maybe you know Matt may have had a scheduling snafu or whatnot. But uh, definitely try to uh, reschedule him. So let's before we finish this up, let's take a look at uh, news and notes. Uh, from this week in uh, IndyCar, as our cool little graphic there comes up on your screen. Uh, first, uh, actually, this happened uh, Friday, um, right before the uh, the race uh, this past weekend. Uh, for people that did not know, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, happy Elio fans uh, around the country, Josh, uh, but uh, it was announced by Meyer Shank that Elio Castroneves uh, will be returning to uh, Meyer Shank Racing in 2023. Uh, as I mentioned, Meyer Shank Racing on Friday, this past Friday, announced that Elio Castroneves, the four-time Indi in four Indianapolis 500 winner, will return to the team's IndyCar program for the 2023 season, again, driving the number six Auto Nation Sirius XM Honda. Uh, Castroneves and Simon Pagno, uh, who drives the number 60, Auto Nation Sirius XM Honda will make up Meyer Shank Racing's IndyCar stable for the 2023 NTT IndyCar Series season. Uh, Castro Nevis first joined Meyer Shank Racing for a six race campaign in the 2021 IndyCar season. Uh, the first race of the season for Meyer Shank and Castro Nevis as a team, believe it or not, was the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, where obviously uh, Elio exceeded all expectations as he raced uh, for a record-tying fourth Indianapolis 500 victory exactly 12 years uh, after his previous 500 win in 2019. 
Uh, the win also for the first ever IndyCar Series victory, or the win rather, was the first ever IndyCar Series victory for Meyer Shank Racing, uh, which is uh, based in Josh's favorite state in Ohio, uh, having making its season or series debut in 2017. The 2021 Indianapolis 500 was Meyer Shank Racing's 38th NTT IndyCar Series entry after the team ran a six-race program in 2018 and 10 races in 2020. The team went on to complete full-time in 2020 and expanded in 2021 to one full-time entry in the partial season campaign with Castro Nevis. To date, Castro Nevis has 31 victories, 50 IndyCar pole positions to his resume, putting him in IndyCar's top 10 in history for most victories and pole positions. The 2023 IndyCar season will see Castro Nevis once again attempt to be the first driver in IndyCar history to claim a fifth Indianapolis 500 victory. Uh, a quote here from team owner Mike Shank. Uh, keeping Elio on board wasn't really a question for us. We've built a really strong relationship with him over these past two race seasons. He brings so much to the table on and off the track. He's been able to help us grow as a team, and we've been able to learn from his years of experience. It's truly a mutual beneficial relationship. And of course, he's a perfect face of the sport and has such an infectious personality. So to have him on our team is a honor. And then a quote from Elio as well. I'm so excited that myself and Meyer Shank Racing have renewed for the 2023 season. I'm super optimistic for an amazing season because of everything that we have built this season, all the positive data and positive energy. I can't thank Mike and Jim enough and of course, all of our partners. There is no question that we are all super excited to continue this amazing partnership. Simon Pagano and I are going to do everything we can to finish this season strong and then have a good start to 2023 and some even better results. So uh, Castro Nevis will be around with Meyer Shank Racing in 2023. And the last uh, bit of news uh, coming out here this week as well. Uh, Andretti Autosports and Andretti Global announces plans to build racing and technology headquarters in Indiana. Andretti Global, the parent, the parent company of Andretti Autosport, has announced today that the team has chosen Fishers, Indiana to be the future home of its Universal Motorsports headquarters. The team intends to build a 575-square-foot facility, or the size of Josh's house, that will occupy approximately 90 acres along, alongside the up-and-coming Nickel Plate Trail, Ritchie Woods Nature Preserve, and near the Indianapolis Metropolitan Airport. The new global headquarters will add up to 500 jobs to the local community by early 2026. So that is our news and notes uh, for the week. Uh, Josh, anything you want to add to uh, Elio Castroneves uh, being on board uh, for 2023 or uh, the announcement this past week that uh, Andretti Autosport is going to be bringing a huge 575-foot-square uh, facility uh, to uh, Fishers, Indiana? Um, well, that's not the size of my house. Uh, it's close to it, but not not the size of it. Um, on the Helio, on uh, Helio's uh, news, I'm glad to see that he's uh, he's still out there going. Um, I'm hoping he gets his fifth win this uh, next May. But um, I mean, it, it's it's awesome to see you know with all the up and coming young drivers that uh, he could still go, uh, especially at his age. I mean, it's I, I can hardly see sometimes as I'm driving and that's just driving at, at a normal speed sometimes. I, and for him to have such reflex reflexes and eyesight to be able to still go out there and compete at two, 200 miles an hour. That's amazing. I mean, he keeps himself in such a good, such good shape and he's a great person for the community. Every time I ever talk about Helio Castroneves to anyone, there's always someone that comes up and talks about some, you know, they met him somewhere. They did something. He, he did something for a charity. 
He is just, he is the embodiment of what a good human being is. Um, on the Andretti, uh, on the Andretti Auto Sports building, uh, building something new, that is awesome. Um, I'm going to apply for a job. I don't know if they'll if they'll take me. You know, we'll, I'll get away from my uh, current job, but we'll see. What's the worst they can tell me? No. I, you know what? I've heard that somewhere before. Um, but yeah, the I, I think you're absolutely spot on uh, when it comes to uh, Elio. Uh, obviously, having the opportunity to uh, uh, to interview him in Nashville and, and be around him, I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, obviously, he's a great ambassador. Uh, not only for IndyCar, but for the sport uh, in general. And uh, it's going to be awesome to see uh, that pink and black zero uh, six car uh, out on the track in, in 2023. You know, you, you look at what he did last year uh, with my uh, Meyer shank racing first time out there for that race team and got him a 500 victory, got his fourth uh, 500 victory. So yes, it would be, it's going to, it's going to be awesome to see uh, Elio and Simon. Uh, back out there for Meyer Shank Racing, uh, what they've built uh, this year, uh, taking all that momentum and what they've built uh, in, into next year, obviously, for sure. And then uh, on the Andretti side of things, uh, before we wrap this up, yeah, uh, awesome to see, uh, you know, uh, racing, especially the Andretti name, uh, staying here in, in central Indiana, Indianapolis area. Uh, you know, they're going to put up that uh, that big facility there, opening up a lot of jobs. And obviously, you know, that uh, that does wonders uh, for a community, not saying Fishers doesn't do wonders on their own. Uh, but yes, uh, definitely going to help the community out and and having that uh, that Andretti name uh, that is synonymous uh, with, uh, with with Indianapolis is definitely going to be, I think, a, a great match indeed. Uh, Josh, before we wrap things up, any last words uh, that you want to give before we uh, before we get on out of here? I uh, just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this uh, this great this great endeavor that you're on. Um, I've been kind of uh, back and forth on if I wanted to get on and start doing a podcast. I know I started, I know I said I wanted to back in back a couple of years ago, but I've just always been always been hesitant just because I didn't think how good I was going to be. And you know what? This has given me a lot of confidence, and I look forward to being on this podcast a, a lot more coming into the future. And maybe there'll be another podcast of a different uh, topic that we can try. Yeah, definitely uh, be on the be on the lookout. Uh, we're, we may be trying some uh, some different things uh, and, and such, but yeah, definitely uh, enjoyed having you. Uh, we'll try to we'll try to get that guest uh, next time. I know uh, you know we're both excited when we can get uh, drivers on uh, IndyCar, Indy Lights, whatnot. But we'll definitely have to uh, have to get uh, that uh, that scheduling worked out and see how things go. But uh, again, huge thank you as I said in the opening uh, to Josh for uh, joining us. May see him uh, a whole lot more. So keep your eyes peeled uh, for that. Uh, also, two huge thank you to Mike, obviously from Burnout Sports and Burnout Bets. Go check him out on Twitter, uh, especially uh, next week uh, when uh, the NTT IndyCar Series uh, picks back up for the Grand Prix of Portland. So for myself and Josh and everyone else here at the Push to Pass podcast, we will see you at the next race.